Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you and I hope you enjoy this episode. If you've got your Bibles, open with me to Matthew chapter 20. Matthew chapter 20. And if you're really spiritual this morning, Psalm 24. Such beautiful worship this morning. God, Christ honoring, true to Jesus worship this morning in church. Just love it. Christ our King. There we go. Sing it, man. Be glorified. What was the word? Be enthroned, be glory. Come on. Christ our King. That's why I needed you. All right. Start timer. Here we go. You there, Matthew 20? This is what it says. This is a story Jesus tells that I love. It's one of my favorite parables. And it says this in verse one, for the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And going out about the third hour, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, you go into the vineyard too, and whatever is right, I will give you. So they went going out again about the sixth hour and the ninth hour, he did the same. And about the 11th hour, He went out and found others standing. And he said to them, Why do you stand here idle all day? They said to him, Because no one has hired us. He said to them, You go into the vineyard too. And when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the laborers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last up to the first. And when those hired about the eleventh hour came, each of them received a denarius. Now, when those hired first came, they thought they would receive more. Everybody say more. But each of them also received a denarius. They got the same as everyone else. And on receiving it, they grumbled at the master of the house saying, these last worked only one hour and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I'm doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last worker as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? So the last will be first and the first will be last. I want to preach a message today, continuing our theme of the nature and the attributes of God. This is the title today, The Generous God. The Generous God. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for your word today, God. As always, Lord, we're grateful to be in your house, to be a part of what you're doing on the earth. God, we thank you that today is Sunday and all over this county, all over this land, churches are meeting. 
And Father, I just have it in my heart to pray and ask, Lord, that today would be a giant step forward for the kingdom of God here in this land, here in this part of our world, that there would be a spiritual takedown today across all the churches that are meeting right now, that are gathering, Lord, as the army is gathering for battle, Lord. I just pray that it would be a day of moving forward for your saints. Salvation would happen today and victory would happen today and healing would happen today and breakthrough would happen today. And that God, today would just be a mighty day. And Lord, we can pray this because we know the battle is yours. It's not by might. It's not by our strength. It's not by our power, but it's by the Spirit of God working. So God, we pray for that and we pray for colonial kids as well, Lord, that they would also be blessed. In Jesus' name, we all said, Amen. Amen. The generous God. We've been going on a bit of a journey, discovering, maybe rediscovering who God is, His nature, and then allowing His nature, who He is, to frame for us an understanding of what He does. Not mixing those two up, not getting the priority wrong but allowing who God is to shape and to frame what God does. Let me ask you a question. You ever wondered how deep God's pockets are? Is there a point at which God's generosity runs out? I mean, does God have a bank account somewhere in heaven that's his own personal account? You know, is there drive through ATMs on clouds up there somewhere? Does God have all the resources? Like it says in his word, is God loaded? I mean, these are questions that have gone through my head. I wonder if these are questions that have ever gone through your head. Ever wondered, does God have a lot of resource? And it leads me to think, well, if God has resources that exist everywhere and he's, he's loaded, he has it all, I wonder what God's approach to money is. Is God a tight God? Is he stingy? Is he deliberately holding out on people? You know, like the guy at the dinner table or the restaurant who always forgets his wallet when the check comes? You know that guy? I mean, is God kind of like that? You know, he's always holding back? Or is God a generous God? And the answer to these questions shouldn't be found in his blessing. They should be found in his nature in his character, in his personality. Because God is a generous God. And the theme of generosity as it relates to God's nature is threaded all through the Word. All through the Scriptures, we see the nature of God described as a generous nature. It's all through Scripture. If you ever wanted to know all the truth that exists about Money and resources, you need no further than the Bible. It's all there. Here's the biblical definition for generosity. Just would love to show this to you. It's the free and liberal bestowal of wealth, possessions, or food upon others. That's the, the biblical definition for generosity. Or another way to put it would be the selfless concern for others or the compassion for another or the desire to see someone else blessed. 
It makes me just think about generosity in general. There's different words that you could use that you could interchange with generosity in the Bible that would give us an help, a helpful understanding this morning. Let me give you a few of these words that I just wrote down that, that to me illustrate the blessing of God, the generosity of God. Here we go. First of all is blessing. That's one word. Another word is abundance we see in the scriptures. Another word is prosperity. Another word is overflow, increase, provision. Here's one I like, expansiveness. But this generosity originates from the heart of God. So when we think about generosity and when we understand generosity is maybe we approach Heart for the House Sunday next weekend, we can understand this whole idea of generosity, of wanting to be a blessing, of wanting to give to others, of, of wanting to have a selfless concern for other people. Where did it come from? It came from the very nature of God himself. And we can have that desire as well to show compassion, to see people blessed, but it all comes from God. Let me show you a few verses as we get into this today. Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 18. All the way back in Deuteronomy for God's people, this is what he said. He said, you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth or to be blessed, that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers as it is this day. James 1 and verse 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, look at the threaded nature of generosity in the heart of God here, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. First Timothy 6 verse 17, as Paul's talking to Timothy and trying to encourage him, this is how you approach generosity in a kingdom way. It says, for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their, their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, I love that, on him. His nature, God's carry, set your sights on God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasures for themselves as a good foundation for the future so they may take a hold of that which is truly Life. This is where we get the nature or the feeling. You ever had that feeling that just feels better to bless someone than to receive? Yeah. I mean, I mean, you've been there. You've done it. I know there's people everywhere in here today. You've done it where you've blessed someone and, and you've given to someone and there's just something about it that feels so good. Just being real. That's why Jesus, he said it himself. We see it in Acts it's in Acts 20 and verse 35. It says, In all things I've shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak. Remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said it is more blessed to give than to receive. All of this, this desire that's inbuilt in us is given to us by a God who is generous. So point number one this morning, write it down. God is generous. It's his nature. We've been talking about the nature of God. Sometimes we want the blessing. We want the, the outcome, the, 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 the byproduct. But we've got to understand his nature to understand him. Our God is a lavish, overflowing, generous, bountiful God who loves to give good gifts to his children. He even blesses those who hate him with a thousand good things. 
It's called common grace. And how much more will he bless those he bought with his son's precious blood? God is generous. It's his nature. You know, when when we look at creation, we see it. So much of what we understand about faith, you can see in the creation narrative. You see it in just what God did in the very beginning. We We can catch a glimpse. I believe that even creation is just a glimpse of the generosity of God. Just a glimpse. Look what Psalm 24 says, verse 1. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and and those who dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. Listen to me. He created billions of galaxies and stars. The sun, the moon, the planets. God didn't just create one kind of star. He created billions of kinds of stars. God is an over-the-top, generous God. And we see it in nature. The heavens declare the glory of God, including His abundant nature. Then look at, so that's the sky. Now look at the earth. I'm about to blow your mind. (laughs) There are more than 750 species of butterflies. I'm not going to stop there. (laughs) There are over 11,000 species of moths. Here's one you'll like. There are over 22,000 species of fish. Here's one for the ladies. There are over 150 species of roses. Here's one for the men. There are over 35,000 species of spiders. God is generous. He's generous in the things He creates. He's generous in the things that He allows. He's generous in in the way that He goes about even creating the world that you and I get to look at so that when we look at the stars, when we look at the skies, when we look at the fish, when we look at the ocean, we think God is generous. And it's beautiful. But why is it sometimes that when it comes to our own life, we get this wrong? We think that, well, would God be generous to me? Would God, be, would God bless me? Or maybe it's the other way around because maybe you've been taught in a way that's actually incorrect and it's like, man, I actually have to not take a generous mindset because God wants me to be poor. And see, this is the, 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 the issue that if we don't live according to what Scripture says, we can get it wrong, but we can skew it. There's two sides to the pendulum, always. And I just, God gave me this picture, and I just thought I would put it down. But on one side is, is when we approach the gospel, we could see it as like a poverty type thing. So over here, we have a poverty type gospel. And this is where, man, just because you're a follower of Jesus, that means that you need to suffer that you need to be without, that you need to, to sacrifice everything. And get, don't get me wrong, there is a sacrificial nature to carrying the cross of Jesus in your own life and to pick it up every single day and to go about. But can I just encourage you, you don't have to die like Jesus died because Jesus only needed to die once. And if we're not careful, we can take this poverty type mindset that God isn't generous, that God is stingy and God wants me to live and have nothing. 
And so that's what happens is we get this skew over here. And so people start to, to think, oh, this is how I need to live my life. I need to be miserable for Jesus. And I don't understand that. But then on the other side of the pendulum is this other thing that, that, that we know called the prosperity gospel. Look how good my handwriting is today. The Lord has blessed me. This is not normal. Well, that why, that why is a little, little funky. but. And on the other end of the spectrum is this thing we know as the prosperity gospel. And the prosperity gospel, I believe, is equally as crazy as this gospel right here. Because it is just this gospel that, oh, you're a follower of Jesus. That means you're going to be loaded. It means that you're going to drive an unbelievable car and you're just going to be made of money. And then people take it too far and say, well, the reason you don't have money is because you don't have faith. It's crazy. So on one side of the spectrum, you've got the poverty gospel. On the other side of the spectrum, you've got the prosperity gospel. But I believe this is the heart of God, is that the gospel is a generosity gospel. And I believe that this is the heart of God. That the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is not about you having tons or you having nothing. It's about you being blessed. Blessed by God's generous nature. Because God is generous. And if we're not careful, we can get away from this and we can get away from this understanding and we can start to put on this lens that maybe someone, some you know, persuasion of theology has taken us there or some other lens that someone said to us and we've believed it or maybe the enemy has told us that we shouldn't live a certain way but if we're not careful and we move away from what God says then we can find ourselves thinking the wrong thing. It's not poverty, it's not prosperity gospel, it's generosity gospel because listen to what it says in Ephesians 1 and verse 7, it says, in him... We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. Look at this, which he lavished upon us. Lavished upon us. God is generous. He wants you to be blessed. But listen to me, friend. He wants you to be blessed so you can be a blessing. He wants, you to be a bless- he wants you to be blessed for two reasons, I believe. He wants you to be blessed because he loves you, and he wants you to be blessed because he gets the glory. Amen. When it comes to your life, can I just encourage you, he wants you to be blessed so that your, your needs are taken care of, so that you know that he loves you, so that there's just an understanding that, man, I, 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 my, my heavenly father just wants to, to, to bless me. He loves me. He's given me Jesus. I am blessed. But then he wants to go on from that place. And bless other people so that he will get the glory. God always wants to take care of you. But you know, it's God's choice to be this way. Let's go back to our text in Matthew 20, verse 14. It says, take what belongs to you. This is what the, the, the um, God is, it, it, this is a story of God. And he says to, he says to the, the, the ones that, that, that complain, he says, take what belongs to you. I love this. He says, I choose to give to this last worker as I give to you. See, it's God's choice 
God has chosen to lavish his love on you. God has chosen to lavish the first and the last and everyone in between. He has chosen, in verse 15, he says, Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? It's his nature to give. It's his nature that we be blessed so others can also be blessed. But it's also his nature so that his reputation would be in such a way that people would say, to God be the glory. <laughs> and so when, when they see your life and when they see you blessed, they see overflow that blesses other people. And then they might just say, man, God has blessed them so that he gets the glory. So number one, God is generous. Number two, understanding the generous God is this. God loves it when we are generous. God loves it when we are generous. Having the understanding that God is generous, then God loves it when we're generous. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 7, each one must give according to what he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. His generosity runs out everywhere in our lives. And this is where you've got to be very careful that the enemy is not trying to tell you something. And even more careful, you don't believe it. Because it's very easy, I believe, in this day and age to sometimes look around and use the comparison thing and allow social media and all kinds of different things and see, you know, the keeping up with the Joneses attitude and all that sort of stuff to look around and be like, man, am I actually blessed? But you, when you stop, and I want to challenge, I've been giving you a challenge every single, I want, you, I want to challenge you this week in your quiet time to stop and think about how God has blessed you. Stop and think about how he has been generous to you. God loves it when we are generous, but it's got to come from a place of understanding how generous he's already been to us. You'll find his generosity that run, it runs everywhere in your life. You'll see it, you'll feel it, you'll remember it. I mean, God has just been generous to us. Family, friends, sport, hobbies, food, weather. Why would God love it when we're generous? Is it because we're obliged to? Is it because that it's just what we, what we should do? being Christians, I want to encourage you to think about this. The reason that God loves it when we're generous is because maybe it's because we have had a revelation that we're adopted. Your adoption in is your permission to live a generous life. That's why a stingy spirit doesn't work as a believer. Now, I'm going to go there for a moment. Proverbs 23, verse 6 says, Do not eat the bread of a, of a man who is stingy. Do not desire his delicacies, for he is like one who is inwardly calculating. Eat and drink, he says to you. Look at this. But his heart is not with you. You will vomit up the morsels that you have eaten and you will waste your pleasant words. Here is why a stingy spirit is not a kingdom spirit, because a stingy spirit is often an orphan spirit. And you've been adopted in. And I truly believe that if, 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 if I encounter someone that's got a stingy spirit as a believer, what I, what I think is that they haven't had a revelation of adoption yet. 
I remember as a kid, I've been t- telling stories about through this of, of my family. My dad, you know, took good care of us as a family. And I remember we'd go out to dinner wherever it was, whether it was a good place or not good place, didn't matter. Be sitting at the table at the end of the meal. The check comes. My dad didn't push the check towards me as a 10-year-old. There was just an understanding. Come on, somebody. I'm believing someone's just going to get a revelation of God's generosity right now. Listen to me. We just knew God would take care of it. Sorry, Dad would take care of it. Why? Because we knew His nature. We knew His character. We knew His position in our lives. When it comes to our lives, can I just encourage you? We've got to get a revelation of God as generous. We've got to get a revelation that he, it's just who He is. But that's just not it. It doesn't stop there. What would be even better than that scenario is if I was, a, as I grew up, that then I started to exhibit the nature that my dad had shown to me that was his nature. And then I began to exhibit his nature. And this is how we grow as believers, as we grow up, as we, as we, as we get further along in the journey, understanding even more of a revelation of grace. You know, I have such a, such a better revelation of this than I did 20 years ago. Because God has shown me more and more and more. And as we do it, then we can exhibit his nature of generosity. A person of generosity to reflect the nature of the Father. When we decide to be generous, we take on the nature of God and then make it our nature as well. We're extending that into our world. See, the heart of someone who's stingy is to withhold. It's the heart of God to release. And that's the nature that He wants to give you and He wants to give me. Just wanted to give us really quick before we pray. We're going to pray for our heart for the house offering next weekend. I wanted to give us just ways to exhibit the generous nature of God in our own lives. Just made a little list. Okay. You know, everyone can have a ministry of generosity. If you're wondering if you if you want to get into ministry, I got an opportunity for you right here. You can have a ministry of generosity today. Here are some of the ways we can show the generous nature of God in our own lives. The first is we tithe. Jill already did an amazing job of talking about why that's the case. The reality is the first is His. Malachi chapter 3, like Jill said, she shared that verse today, but that's just truth that we stand on, that everything that God has created, it's all His. The only thing that He says is the first is mine. From Exodus 13, so tithe. Another one is to give sacrificially. This is how we exhibit the nature of God. Giving and sacrifice, they go hand in hand. There has to be some trust and some faith as we give sacrificially. Can I just encourage you, if it doesn't cost you something, it's not sacrificial. When's the last time you gave someone something or you stepped out in faith and gave and it was a challenging thing to your spiritual life? Like next weekend at the Heart for the House offering. I just, I, I just tell you right now, if you go into next weekend, the Heart for the House offering, not prayerfully considering how you can play a part, it will not be a spiritual win for you. It will not be. You'll get there and you'll be like, oh, I, I wish I prayed. I wish I came into this with more 
prayerful consideration. I don't know what I'm supposed to give and you might do something, but can I just encourage you, the way for it to be a win is to ask God, what should I do, Lord? Another way to pray is to pray, to be generous, to ask God to give you the desire, the ability to live generously, to bless others, to to ask Him to pray and say, God, show me who. Another way we can exhibit the generous nature of God is to associate, get around generous people. There's something infectious about someone who's generous. There's just something about it in, in a kingdom way that just like inspires you to be more generous like God is. Another way we can exhibit the generous nature of God is to start small. Here's just an idea for you. Why don't you this week just Venmo someone a coffee? Just start there. Start small. Sometimes we look at this and be like, oh man, I'd love to give away a car. And maybe one day you will give away a car. But what if you started with a coffee? Just start with a coffee. Just Venmo someone a coffee. Buy someone a A gift card. Send someone a meal. Start small. Bless someone in a small way and watch the way God uses it to make a difference in their lives. Another way we can exhibit the heart of God is to teach our kids about open hand living, kingdom life, generosity as a lifestyle. We always use this verse in our family. Proverbs 11 verse 24 in the message. It says, The world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the, smaller, of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. And our kids sometimes to mess with us, they mix it up. <laughs> I was just talking to my son, Jack, the other day. He's into Pokemon right now. That's his thing. Pokemon. Everything's Pokemon. But I want to teach him about generosity. We're trying to teach him to, to live a, a big life. So I started to tell him, I was like, Jack, I, I got your first, uh, I've, I've got your first ministry for you. We're going to start a Pokemon ministry. And he's just like, yeah, Dad, whatever. I'm like, no, seriously. What if we prayed and what if we believed together that for every 10 Pokemon cards you get, that God will put it on your heart to give one Pokemon card to some kid who doesn't have any Pokemon cards. And maybe in just that little way, he could just get that little seed, that little understanding, that little micro-revelation that God is a generous God. But this is how we exhibit the nature of the Father. Just teach your kids. Help them maybe get a little understanding. In other ways, just be practical. Give what you can. Don't try to give what you don't already have. Let God handle that. Just be faithful with what you have. Maybe it's a spare room in your house that you could offer up to someone in need. Maybe it's a spare car that's sitting in the driveway that you could say to someone, hey, why don't you take that for a little while? Maybe it's a meal that you can make. I heard of this story the other day. just blessed me like crazy. I was talking to someone and they were telling me about what they do, how they prepare their meals as a family. And they said, what we always do is we... We go and we we buy all the stuff for the food and we always make more than enough. And we make enough to be able to bless another family with what's been made. And they do that every week, week in, week out, literally just making more food than's necessary for their own family to give to someone else. I just thought that's so practical, but that's so powerful. That reflects the heart of our generous God. And then I wrote a few other things down. We can just be grateful. You know, gratitude is a threaded theme in the heart of a Christian. We're a grateful people. I just want to encourage you. If you need a little gratitude in your life, go find it. 
Spend some time with God. Spend some time in your quiet time. Reflect on how generous he's been. We could sponsor a compassion child. We could give to missions. We could bless vision rescue with a gift. We can be people that forgive quickly. You know, that's a way that we exhibit the generous heart of God. Just people that give, forgive all the time. Forgive quickly. Someone's wronged you. It's okay. I love you. We're all good. You really made me mad. But we're good. I forgive you. You're awesome. Don't begrudge anyone. It says here in the text, do you begrudge my generosity? I pray that when it comes to the generous heart of God, that we would get that as well. We just realize, man, I, I don't want to begrudge anyone who's been blessed by God. I don't want to begrudge the generosity that came from God that has been put in someone else's life. I don't want to begrudge that because I'm not, I'm not really begrudging them. I'm begrudging God and His generosity. So I believe that we're called to be people that don't begrudge anyone because they're blessed by God. So number one, God is generous. Number two, God loves it when we're generous. And number three, Jesus is God's generous heart towards you and towards me. The most generous gift our God has given for all of eternity is the gift of His Son, Jesus Christ, who in the greatest act of generosity ever poured out His blood to save us and to give us the most infinitely wonderful gift, listen to me, friend, of eternal life. You want to know if God's generous? Look no further than the cross. You want to know if God's generous? Look no further than the blood of Jesus. You want to know if God is generous? Look no further than the fact that right here in this moment, we can reflect and remember that we are on our way to heaven when we never should have had a way to go to heaven. Would you stand with me? We're going to sing and we're going to pray before we do that. I just would love for us to take a moment, prepare our hearts when it comes to generosity. Next week, we're going to be giving as a church to our Heart for the House offering. And maybe you haven't done this yet. I just want to encourage you. Ask God. Pray about it. Think about it. But I would just love for you just to ask the Lord. Let Him put whatever it is on your heart right now. God, we just thank You. Father, as we reflect on Your generosity and how good You've been, we just ask right now, Lord, that You would just help us. Help us to understand this nature. Help us to understand Your character, Lord, that You are generous, that You've lavished us with generosity. So Lord, as we look out this week towards our Half the House offering next week to give over and above, Father, just show us what to do. Just help us to know. Put it on our hearts, Lord. We thank You that You love us. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you. Why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you to also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.